1: So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
0: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. You know our trusted
2: partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. Convenient installation options and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products—wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com/Colin. TireRack.com—the way tire buying should be. The volume.
0: just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecock, Go Low Podcast, back at it again. We are a couple weeks away from the second major of the year at Southern Hills PGA Championship. Uh, We're a month away from the U.S. Open, and then we're two months away from the British Open, as I call it, but I know the golf elitists, especially across the pond, call it the Open Championship. All that matters is at St. Andrews, the old course, that's pretty cool. Uh, So, you know, we'll dive into some thoughts, just some early of the the forward-thinking top stories for next week. Obviously, there's one big one regarding the defending champion. Uh, we just had a tournament, have some thoughts on that. It had a winner that you might have heard of. His he goes by the name of John Rahm, uh, who was formerly the number 1 player in the world. Now that belongs to Scotty Scheffler who doesn't lose. But John, you know, I, I wouldn't say it was the most dominant performance of his life, but it's to get your swagger. Hey, anytime that you can get a win at at 5 to 1, maybe by the time he teed off he was 4 to 1. I mean, I, I get it's a crappy field, but holy moly, that that's a Tiger Woods in his prime number. So you win. Now you could argue, well, he should win. He's the best player in the field. True, but it, it's very, very hard. This is this is not Alabama versus you know Mississippi State. He, he's playing the entire field and he dominated. Uh, he, he was in the lead basically the entire time. So, uh, past, I guess, Friday. I mean, he had the lead Saturday. Obviously, he had the lead Sunday and finished it out. Um, uh, a little, little dicey, hole 18. But at Golopod is the Instagram. If you have any golf questions, fire in those direct messages at Golopod and get your question answered here on the show. Very, very easy. I like separating the content. Got a lot of, you, you can ask live questions too in the, in the golf Instagram, but uh, it may, mainly golf stuff fire in there and we will talk to Jason Sobel as we always do coming up a little bit later and then we'll answer your questions but I wanted to start with uh, the Mexico Open which let's face it anyone who's been on vacation to Hawaii to Cancun to the Bahamas like resort style golf courses are tend to be relatively easy in the sense of they have massive fairways you can bomb it all around, and it was pretty clear that course benefited a bomber. I mean, look at the guy who was right, you know, basically at John's heels till the uh, till midway through Sunday, Cam Champ, who made a bad uh, triple bogey uh, on Sunday. But and I followed this guy's career because he's from Sacramento. What an elite <laughs> driver of the golf ball! I have I mean, John Rom bombs it. There are a lot of guys on the PJ tour bombs it. This guy doesn't quite get the credit of being Bryson DeChambeau, And he doesn't hit it quite as far as peak beefy Bryson. But this guy can bomb at 335, 340 with ease. And it's not like he it's not like he looks like an NFL linebacker. I mean, absolute puts on a stripe show off the tee. He's gotta get a little better with his short game, and they mentioned it on television over the weekend. I think he works with uh Sean Foley's his coach, who I would love to get on this podcast. I might have to do a little do a little recon to get his phone number because he's a fascinating guy. You know, work with Tiger, just a different cat. But one thing they're really trying to work on with Cam Champ is a short game. Because as you see with John Rahm, I mean, he's a total package. His putting has been off this year. But when he's on, I still believe, even with Scotty Scheffler, even with Morikawa, If this guy, Justin Thomas, if John Rahm is dialed, and he's putting it well, and he's in the right frame of mind, he can win any single tournament. I believe he's the best player in the world when he's on. Now, obviously, no one's quite on like Scotty Scheffler right now. Maybe he's cooled off a little bit since he's been making the rounds. You know, it's it's always cool when you uh, win the Masters. You just get to do a lot of cool shit. You know, back in the day, back when late night mattered, like Leno and Letterman, you would go on one of those shows. But he throws out the first pitch at the Ranger game. He drops the puck at the, I don't even know the name of the hockey team in Texas, but you get to do kind of the rounds wherever your hometown is. And he's on top of the world, and rightfully so. You win four times in 60 days. But it, it, was, it was good to see as someone who's gambled a lot on John Rahm, who believed in John Rahm, who thought John Rahm at the start of the season was poised for like a four win, maybe multiple major type season. It, it got derailed a little bit. It's been a little off, and part of just getting in the winner's circle in golf, like in baseball and basketball and football, like you're gonna run, the lions win some games. In golf, it's really hard. You can have an excellent season and not win a tournament all year. Now, I would say that's a little bit different for the top guys like JT, DJ, Rom. Like they should be winning a tournament a year. I mean, DJ literally has. I think he's gone ten years with a win every single season. Now, some of those, some different events. and some years, he's won multiple times. But to me, John Rahm, should the the biggest question mark moving forward with these three majors upcoming and then the FedEx playoffs, like, I, I still believe he can have a massive year. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he wins two of the next three majors. Now, is that likely? Of course not. But if you tell me that he wins one of the majors and in one of the other two, he is squarely in the mix come the weekend, I think that's very believable. Because as someone who had a lot of money on him, several tournaments, his putter has been awful. And it was a little weird this weekend, but Thursday and Friday, I mean, when he's rolling it like that, he's going to be a stripe show in the fairways with that little butter cut. And then, I mean, he's one of the best iron players in the world. So if he can just have the short game under control and really just the putter, I feel pretty good about John Rom going anywhere. As uh, I, I was texting with with Sleaze, uh probably a month ago, who hosts Golf Subpar with uh, Colton Nose. and I was asking him, I think at the players, or uh, yeah, I think it was the players, what he thought about John Rom. He's like, I like John Rom anywhere, and he's a guy that plays with them in Arizona. Like, and Pat Perez has said this: John Rom's golf game translates like the Patriot Dynasty; like it, it translates everywhere, and that's the best part about the you know the elite guys. It shouldn't be like, well, this course sets up for them. Like, clearly, Cam Champ, he benefited from the Mexico Open. Why? It's a bomber's paradise. Huge fairways, let it rip down there. And he's, that's the type of course he's going to compete at. But you put him at other courses, you know, he gets exposed sometimes, right? Because his short game is not great. Where John Rahm, you put him at the old course, you put him at Augusta, you put him at the US Open. He should be able to win when his career is all said and done. He should have every single major. When I go to his Wikipedia page, and he's 55 years old, and his kids are old, and I and I'm just looking at his career statistics, every single major should have a win because he has that type of game. And uh, it's fun to see a great player put it together. I and mean, that's the cool part about golf is it's so hard to win, but when it's on, you're like ride this horse, you know, till the wheels fall off. And uh, it was fun to see him get back in the winner's circle. Okay, the PGA Championship. I think the big story of last week was uh, Tiger Woods, who flew out to Southern Hills, and I-, I talked about this. I think on last week's Go Low podcast, like I-, I think it's pretty clear. Until he decides to retire, like we are getting four majors a year now from Tiger Woods moving forward, and then anything else there is gravy. Whether he plays at Riv, whether he plays at the Memorial, you know, obviously everyone the Zozos' his tournament is going to play in that. You know, I, I don't know if he'll be able to get enough points to get in the FedEx. And I don't even think he'd care. But I I would say Memorial and Riv non-majors would be two tournaments to keep an eye on for him. Right? The, the, I mean, Riv is his tournament and Memorial just has a special place for him. But who, who knows? But we know for a fact, like, Tiger is playing in these majors. And what a scene. I mean, by the second hole, if you read the articles that came out about the director of golf that was told like a day before, like, hey, Tiger's coming tomorrow, you're going to caddy for him. And the guy's quotes of, you know, clearly he brought his kid, it was a cool, you know, Tiger's right-hand guy was there, talking about his grip, never missing shots, how smooth and, and in rhythm his swing was. I mean, that'd be like throwing BP to Babe Ruth, right? Or playing catch with Tom Brady. I mean, you had to play a practice round and caddy for Tiger Woods and just watch him work? Honestly, it'd be it'd be more than throwing BP because it'd also be like watching Belichick game plan because you're able to see, like, Tiger's asking questions. Where should I miss? Where should I hit it? Obviously, he's won there, but it's been a long time, 15-plus years. Having a plan of attack, what greens do certain things, where I want to miss on this tee shot, what I'm thinking on this par five, to see the strategy of arguably the greatest strategist in the history of the sport. So... It's just, anytime we get Tiger content around majors, but the number one story at Southern Hills by a country mile is Phil Mickelson, who, as of right now, recording this on Tuesday, May 3rd, I don't know. I mean, I I guess I expect him to play, but we haven't seen him in a long, long time. There was a video last week that surfaced from one of his country clubs in Southern California, Rancho Santa Fe, doesn't suck, and... If you slow motioned it, you could tell he had a mountain man beard. I think if Phil Mickelson shows up to defend his PGA Championship after the Saudi stuff, and it's pretty clear Phil's going to live golf. Like, that's not a rumor. That's happening. Phil Mickelson is the lead dog as a player. Like, Greg Norman is, like, the commissioner or whatever. But Phil is their their marquee free agent. You put him on the poster. It's Phil Mickelson. He's going. And he he has, we've known that for a long time, but his comments, he's been in hiding, whatever. I, Phil Mickelson, when I think about Phil, I think cleanly shaved. Honestly, it doesn't even feel like Phil ever had any facial hair. Like Tiger, we've seen different iterations of beards, goatees. Remember the, uh, not the Halloween, but the uh, Christmas picture when he dyed the, the beard. We've seen it all. With Phil, the only Phil Mickelson I've ever seen is zero facial hair. So if he comes back with a mountain man beard, that would be absolutely fucking incredible. (laughs) I mean, if you're telling me now on the tee from Rancho Santa Fe, defending champion, and he walks out with a huge beard and Phil Mickelson, sign me up for that. If I was attending the PGA Championship and he shows up, he would be the number one guy I'd follow. I might follow him over Tiger, just given the circumstances so I I think by a mile a mile that is the number one story next week if he shows and I how do you not show when you're the defending champion he's one of the oldest men to I think he's the second oldest man to ever win a major honestly that might it's hard to tell because these younger guys with health and fitness, I mean, maybe like a 55-year-old will, you know, Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth or Bubba Watt. Who knows? I mean, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. Records are meant to be broken. But that's, listen, I, I thought Tigers 2019 Masters is one of the most special sporting events I've ever watched. The emotion that it drew in me as a consumer, a lover of the sport, as just a fan of big events, as a, as a sports fan. But, and Phil's probably a little nerdier, right? In terms of he's not as universal as Tiger. It's probably a little more into the weeds with golf. But if you're a sports fan watching 50 year old Phil Mickelson win at Kiowa last year and that scene at, on 18 when he hit it on the green and everyone's following him, that was pretty cool. And to be the defending champ and not show up because of all this Saudi live golf w- would be kind of sad. Uh, obviously I talked a little bit about, but just having Tiger back, having Tiger in your tournaments, having Tiger in the not like the Masters is gonna be the Masters no matter what. But you put Tiger in the PGA, the US Open, and the British, it gets to me a 25, 30, 45, hell, 50% boost immediately. Now, one thing's gonna be fascinating. You know, it was cold at Augusta, right? But by the second day, it was like 58 degrees. And it's clearly hilly. Now, this course, I don't know much about it, to be honest with you. Southern Hills sounds hilly. Seeing some of the pictures of Tiger's practice round, obviously there's some undulation to the course. But I I haven't checked the weather. And as we know, weathermen are often wrong. But in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the middle of May, it might be hot. And to me, Tiger really benefits from the heat, given his back is fused, given his ankle. Uh, So I I do think heat benefits Tiger and if tiger can uh if tiger can just make the cut in majors we're, we are we are cooking with gas and we're in a good spot to me another major storyline is is Scotty Scheffler ever going to lose like is, is Scotty Scheffler... because here's the thing with John Rahm. like John Rahm wins last week and I, I checked the PGA Championship and just the US Open he's the betting favorite one, one thing you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. John Rahm has been the betting favorite in basically every tournament for the last year and a half. Like, that's, I know that it doesn't matter for him, but it's, we talk a lot about gambling just in general. Like, it's pretty clear. People think he's the betting favorite. And some of these numbers have been outrageous. Last week was skewed because the field sucked, but John Rahm in big time fields was like eight, nine to one, and he hadn't won in a year. But now that he's, you know, just won this tournament. I think it's fair to make him and Scotty Scheffler basically the odds-on favorite. I would not bet on Scotty Scheffler just because the odds, like, so wait, you're going to tell me he's going to win five tournaments in 75 days and two of them are going to be majors? I mean, it, that that would be, if he were to win this tournament, obviously Tiger winning four straight majors is probably the most impressive accomplishment of the last, what, however, you know, multiple decades but this this might be a close second. <laughs> if this guy were to win back to back majors, also win the uh, the other three tournaments, that that, that would I, I just don't see it. But I, I would not bet against this guy being in the mix. You would just say the odds, given the sport, you know, eventually he's going to miss some putts. <laughs> eventually he's going to pump one into the trees, you know, on Sunday on hole ten or something. But um, Scotty Scheffler, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated to watch him. I'm also fascinated to watch the young guys. Like, which young guy? Because anytime that we, you know, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, obviously some of the the younger, you know, uh, Cam Smith, I would throw Scotty Scheffler in that mix. We know one of that group of the guys under like 25, 26 years old are going to be in the mix on the weekend. I love Victor Hovland, but he can't ship. You know, I, I love Colin Morikawa, but he's been kind of off. So... But one of these guys, they just get it. Have a good week. Putts are falling. Um, They're they're all just too talented. You know, Cam Smith is a good example. Like he can get squirrely off the tee, but his short game is elite. And uh, last but not least, I hope there's a little more drama in the Masters. We love the Masters. It's tradition like uh, no other. Uh, Hello, friends. I mean, Jim gets excited. Vern gets excited on hole 16 it's a special event we know a lot of the holes uh it, it's just it's it's uniquely suited even for the sport of golf it transcends the niche lane of golf I just hope this thing's a little more competitive I hope we turn into Saturday and there are eight guys within a shot of the lead because let's face it it's it somewhat turned into match play on Sunday between those guys in the last two group. I know Rory chipping it in made it a little closer, but Rory was never going to win the tournament unless Scotty Scheffler pumped about two in the Agua. And as he was hitting it, that was not going to happen. So it, it, listen, sign me up for a tournament where we go into Sunday and there are eight guys, whatever the final score is, let's say they're all you know minus nine, minus 10. And th- th- that's what I hope. Step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can place their first PGA Tour bet risk-free. If you don't win, you'll get $1,000 back. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a range of betting options like outright winners, head-to-head matchups, nationality props, and so much more. And when you win, you'll get paid. This week, Wells Fargo, Webb Simpson, Troy Merritt, Doug Gim, thank me letter. So go low this summer with the PGA Tour. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code COLLIN to get your first risk free bet up to $1,000. Remember to use the promo code COLLIN to get the special offer today. FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. 21 and over, and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org, slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com, slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, one 877 770-STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Redline, Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country.
1: Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere.
0: Okay, back at it again with Mr. Golf, Jason Sobel, who uh, we we're both in agreement. You don't touch four to five to one favorites, and then the guy goes on to win, but uh, so be it. You know, he's the Spaniard Tiger Woods. Uh, you can hear Jason every week, Monday through Wednesday, Series XM 2 to 4, Links and Locks podcast well on the Action Network. Follow him on Twitter. He tweets out just a fantastic betting guide. Uh, I, I got to say, the, the number on your man, Corey Connors, who we'll dive into, little high, but he's, I mean, you guys playing well. So uh, I'm fascinated to watch this week. I, I didn't quite realize until, I mean, it makes sense that the president's cup being at Quail Hollow moves this tournament to a course. I, mean, you, I Honestly, I'd never heard of it. Uh, I know they've been reading your piece. They play here before, but uh
2: TBC Potomac uh, it used to be TBC Avenue. They changed the name of it a few years ago. I don't think I've been there, man. That's that's bad. We've been doing this long enough. And you can't remember which courses you've been to. But going back to last week for a second, for those out there who are just getting into golf betting, essentially, uh, John Rom taught us a lesson. Basically, the best player in the field, yeah, throw all your money on him. He's going to lead every round. He's going to cash on Sunday night, and then you just roll around in your money for the rest of the week. I mean, how how easy is that? Just bet the best player in
1: the
0: field. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one one take I had at the beginning of the podcast is. You and I talked at the beginning of the season a lot about this guy. It felt like he was really kind of poised for one of those big, like Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods prime peak years where you win two or three tournaments, win maybe a major or two. And it felt good. I, I know he got a little squirrely on the weekend, but it felt a little John Romney. Like, does he get his swag back coming into this major season? And it's like, whether it's Southern Hills or whether it's the U.S. Open or whether it's the Open, it does feel like, I know winning is really hard in majors, but He's a guy that should be going into Sunday in one of these three tournaments right there in the mix, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. And I think it's the next one. I think Southern Hills should be a good spot for him, obviously playing well right now. I know a lot of people will look at that win at the Mexico Open and say, he beat nobody. I mean, there was, you know, an Abraham Answer and a Tony Finau and a Gary Woodland, but it wasn't a good field and he didn't beat anyone. He shouldn't be that happy about it. Look, it's just like football. You know, Alabama might be. LSU in a big game or Georgia in a big game. They go, wow, that's that's a huge win. Then they might beat Alabama a and the next week. Hey, you can only beat the other team that's on the other side of the field playing against you. And so John Rahm beat all those other players that were in the Mexico open field. Good for him. I think it brings him some confidence, some optimism moving forward. And, yeah, I expect big things in the very short-term future. And I think that starts with the PGA Championship in a couple of weeks.
0: I'm from the Sacramento area and I follow this guy's career just because he's pretty unique, right? He hits it so damn far. Cam Champ, who seems just like a really good guy. People like him. Uh, his short game, you know, I, they, they mentioned it watching a little bit, I think, on Saturday. Sean Foley, they're trying to figure that thing out because off the tee, you know, I mean, part, Bryson, once he started looking like an NFL linebacker and swinging out of his you know what, it was understandable why the this guy, it doesn't, I mean, he swings hard, but it doesn't look like he's swinging that hard. And he had a couple balls when I mean he played with Rom, I think three of the four days. I mean Rom's hits it far. He's flying it by John Rom. I mean, what, what's your take on Cam Champ?
2: Look, I, I love the fact that Cam Champ learned how to win, learned how to win early on the PGA Tour, and that's that's more important. A lot of players, and I've told you this before, John, that uh, I used to go to Kapalua, the the year opener on the PGA Tour, and I would ask players like, "What are your goals for the coming year?" And almost every single player wasn't a tangible goal. They bring up this intangible goal of, I'm just trying to get more consistent. I'm just trying to get better, trying to improve every single week, every single day. And quite frankly, consistency and improving little by little isn't rewarded as much at the highest level as, hey, miss six cuts in a row and then go win one. And then miss another six and then go win another one. That's essentially, I mean, that's a little bit of an exaggeration there, but that's sort of the blueprint that Cameron Champ has had over his first three or four years. On the PGA Tour, and I love it. I I get that he's got a low floor, but he's got a very high ceiling. He's got a higher ceiling than pretty much anyone else of the same type of status that he has. And so I I love the fact that he can go win golf tournaments. He's got that kind of confidence level. And so he does need to work on some parts of his game. But look, his best is really, really good. His best is a lot better than a lot of other players' best out there.
0: If we look at, you know, a lot of guys, right? Victor Hovland, you know, I mean, I would just say a lot of top young guys, this feels like the short game, whether it's the putter or chipping, you know, in other sports, like in football, you know, a wide receiver who struggles to, has questionable hands, or maybe in basketball, a guy struggles with free throws. In your experience at the highest level, how much can a guy improve? Does, Does his age matter? Like how, you know, if he's only been on tour for a year or two, obviously he has a high ceiling, but once you get... You know, you're on tour five, six years. Are you kind of are what you are when it comes to short game?
2: No, I think you can absolutely improve. I, I know one player uh, told me a few years ago that you know he used to say you know he started working with a new coach and the coach said how how do you chip? Like, what's your theory behind it? And you go, I don't know. I go over the ball from 30 yards out. I hit what I think is about 30 yards, and this coach went through everything for him and said, you know, a 30 yard shot, you bring it back this far, 40 yards, you go this far, 50 yards, this far, and He all of a sudden had a new outlook on how to hit those chip shots. And so, yeah, you can absolutely continue improving. I I think the one worry for guys at this level, and Victor Hovland's a great example because he's one of the best players in the world with a very obvious weakness out there. But the one worry, the one concern is you spend so much time working on that one weakness that you lose what you're doing really well. And so I think for these guys and, and, it's not a matter of like, well, just work harder and work more, and you know, uh, put more hours into it. That that's not really at the, the the gist of this thing. It's just it, you don't want to go. Hey, I'm a great driver of the golf ball. I'm a great long and mid iron player. I'm a pretty good putter, but around the greens, I'm not great. I'm going to spend twice the amount of time working on wedge shots around the greens, and all of a sudden, like I feel like I, I've sort of lost my preparation. I've lost my my practice regimen because. I'm working so hard on that one aspect and maybe that one aspect gets a little bit better, but if it's to sacrifice some other things that you already do well, it's not always completely worth it. But yeah, these guys can always improve. Absolutely.
0: Well, heading into this weekend, you know, it's a different course than last year. Rory's a defending champ, but Rory's a guy you'd say his wedges can be a little hit or miss. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, not just specifically for this week, but coming off that Sunday golf's a little weird, right? Is there momentum coming off that Sunday a couple of weeks ago at the Masters or is it completely over and it starts fresh and he easily could miss the cut here if he's off? Right? I go back and
2: forth on the momentum thing in golf all the time. And I, I don't know. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I, I think that's the biggest problem. That's why we can have this debate, John, is that sometimes, yeah, a player shoots 64 in the final round of a major. And then all of a sudden something clicks and he gets hot and he plays really well. And we go, wow, he got some momentum. And so he needed that. And then other times, guys shoot 64 in the final round of the major, comes back out the next time, misses the cut, plays poorly afterwards. And we go, oh, I guess it didn't really lead to anything. And so uh, I guess it, it all depends on the circumstance, depends on the player. There are some players out there that I firmly believe are momentum type of players. They need that one good round, one good result, and then they can build on it. There are other guys, I mean, we've seen players, uh, I was kind of talking about Cameron Champ, miss a bunch of cuts in a row, not get close to the leaderboard, then all of a sudden have four really good days and win a golf tournament. And so for those guys, momentum doesn't matter as much. I do think momentum matters for Rory a little bit more than some other players. I do think that he's such a, a mental player. He's got all the physical and technical gifts in the world. But for Rory, it's about confidence. It's about... His mindset, it's about the optimistic part of it. And, and I think coming off of that, even though it was about three or four weeks ago that he shot that final round 64, finished runner-up at the Masters, I do think that having that in the back of his mind is going to help him moving forward at least a little bit. I don't know how much. doesn't mean he's going to win this week necessarily, but I do think it helps him.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the guy that you have as a winner, I, I mean, you talk about momentum. Corey Conner just played excellent golf the last, I don't know what, 15, 18 months. Yeah. Like, I mean, he has been one of the better ball strikers on tour. I mean, the knock on him has been putting, but when he's hitting putts, I mean he's he's in the mix. I mean he's top 10. I mean he's just a really, really good player. Uh I, I know you mentioned in your in your action network piece the number's a little high on FanDuel it's 17 to one. I mean for Corey Connors, you'd like that probably low 30s to one, but uh what, what's your thoughts on him this weekend at this course?
2: Yeah, like everything about him except that number, this is going to be a course where you don't need to hit it 320 off the tee. In fact, maybe we'll see less than driver off the tee in a lot of circumstances, even though there are a lot of long par 4s and even a couple of long par 5s on this par 70 golf course. But you're going to see a lot of iron shots with, with mid-irons and even long irons on this golf course, somewhere in the 175 to 225 range. That's Corey Connors' bread and butter. This guy is at least in the top 10 ball strikers in the, on the planet, maybe even in the top five. He's underrated in every single way, except in the marketplace this week, where again, it's just, look, you've got to bite the bullet. And if you say, I really like Corey Connors, I think he's going to win. You're not going to get him at a big price this week. And that's a shame because I was hoping for something in the mid twenties, the very least, maybe even like you said, 30 to one, but we're not close to that this week. And so, yeah, uh, you got to kind of bite down and, and take it if you if you really like him, which I do. And so I'll have a, a Connors investment this week, but uh, I'm not going to like that number.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned this guy too. And coming off last week where he showed some signs of life, I would say in 2020 or 2021, given the field, wouldn't you say Tony Fina right now, to a 21 to one what would you say that number be a year ago maybe 13 to one you know i mean he would be the second best player in this field right yeah. beside rory so there might be some now his win equity he doesn't win a lot right but last week man he looked got some tony finau a year ago vibes going
2: he does but look it, it's the first time we've seen it all year from tony quite frankly I'd love to see this week easy course just be another stepping stone towards the PGA championship in a few weeks where I'd really like to target him so I can see him winning a PGA championship. So I, I'd like to see, you know, we talk about momentum. I'd like to see a good momentum week for Tony again to kind of propel him towards something bigger as opposed to um, to play in his best golf right now. But it was one round. Remember, it was one round. True.
1: Where True. For
2: the most part, going into it on Sunday, Tony probably thought I'm either out of it or I'm almost out of it. So let me just give it a run. freewheel a little play aggressive. Hey, look what happens. I, I just have a hard time looking at Tony going into an event right now saying, I feel really confident in what he's going to do. Look, he's, he's one of the most talented players on the entire planet. He, he's a really, really good ball striker, good driver of the ball. He's got an underrated short game. It it just gets to the point of, you know, I talk about Rory being sort of a mental player. Tony might be one of the most uh, sort of mental players out there and that, you know, it's all between his ears. It's that six inches between his ears that it comes down to. It's not like he's got any deficiencies in his game whatsoever. And so I want to see him go out to a tournament like this week and play in the opening round like he did in the final round on Sunday in Mexico and see if he can. Uh, at least get off to a good start, as opposed to trying trying to catch everybody at the finish.
0: One thing, I mean, I know last week the f- four to one, five to one favorite won, but uh, I do like long shots in tournaments like this that have watered down fields. And you know, you, Webb Simpson, who has longer odds than he would have the last several years, you said it's going to be a, it's going to be a course where guys are hitting you know long irons, low woods, hybrids off. You know, Joel Damon to me yep. would you get a guy at a longer number? You know, this guy, I just personally root for. I don't know if he's a great fit. You tell me, Bo Hostler just at 100 to 1. You know, what do you you think about that one right there? Yeah,
2: well, you're basically just listing my entire preview from this week, John. Yeah, uh, Damon, really like him this week. Hostler, I really like. Webb Simpson at 50 to 1 right now at, at FanDuel. Same number as Jason Day. Those are two trains traveling in complete opposite directions right now. I have no idea what's going on with Jason Day. Webb Simpson.
0: This is a Web Simpson course, would you say? Yeah. This so type of back environment.
2: Injury, this is going to look like a U.S. Open light. It's going to look a little weird. I know the the last two events that were played here, 2017 and 18. In 17, it took 7 under to get into a playoff where Kyle Stanley beat Charles Howell. That's not a very low score. The next year, no. it was 21 under. But you've got to remember, Francesco Molinari absolutely lapped the field. He won by eight that week, and so no one else was better than 13 under. I think we get sort of so a hard. mini U.S. Open type of tournament this week, and you look at guys who have played well at the U.S. Open, a eh? Matt Fitzpatrick, a Gary Woodland, a Webb Simpson, guys who do well in that environment. I'll give you one more – actually, two more long shots, because one I really like. If you shop around, FanDuel has the best odds on Troy Merritt. Troy Merritt has won in the D.C. area in the past. He was 17th the last time an event was played at TBC Potomac and he's been 4th and 12th in his last two starts. I like everything about him this week. 75 to 1 at FanDuel. There's some other books out there that have him as low as 35 to 1, which I don't understand whatsoever. And then if you want a complete long shot, how do you like a number of 650 to 1, John? Oh, uh, now we're talking. I thought you might like that. Eugenio Lopez Shakara who is a fourth-year senior at Oklahoma State. He is the fourth-ranked amateur in the entire world. I, I made the mistake, excuse me, of saying on my PGA Tour radio show, Hitting the Green, on Monday that he's a very, very good ball striker, and my co-host for the day, Will Haskett, who knows all about these things, stopped me and said, no, he's not. I said, "Well, yes, he is. I've watched he's him play. A, He's very a great good. ball he's striker. A, he's great. He's better than <laughs> yeah. very, very good. He is tour-ready with his irons. The the putter gets a little bulky, but look at 650 to one to have the criticism of add ah, the putters a little bulky at times. I'll take it. Let's jump on that number. So I don't know that he can win the top tens and top twenties at a really big number. Absolutely.
0: Well, you just got my juices flowing right there. <laughs> Isn't it pretty nuts that Oklahoma state is basically like Georgia, Alabama, or Ohio state, a football or Kentucky or Duke. Like how, you know, you've been around this a long time. I, I got to know Hunter Mayhan a little bit and obviously all the other guys. That they How do they do it? Reputation? The it's coach?
2: Reputation, facilities. I, look, I am not tuned into college golf as much as I could or maybe should be. But, um, yeah, it's it all comes down to coaching, comes down to reputation, comes down to connections. I mean, if you can go to a place where, you know, Ricky Fowler calls you up and says, hey, I had the best years of my life at Oklahoma State. You need to go there because it's going to make you a better player and prepare you to play at the highest level. It's hard to hang up the phone and say, Yeah, I don't really agree with that. And so you look at Oklahoma State, and then I'll throw Georgia in there as well. Because Georgia has produced just yeah. player after player after player over the last handful of years, and a lot of guys who are really, really good out there right now. You look at the skill set of some of the Georgia players. I mean, from a even guys who aren't winning, from a Russell Henley to a Keith Mitchell to Seth Straka, who has won already this year, has played some really good golf. I mean, these guys come out there just ready to play on the PGA Tour. So impressive from both of those programs. I'm
0: gonna get you out of here on this. You mentioned Oklahoma State, Ricky Fowler. I mean, long odds. His yeah. career yeah. feels like it's going. You know, it, we thought for a second Phil Mickelson might slide into that CBS seat one day, but honestly, Ricky, I, if I was a TV executive, I might be calling him. Ugh. What? What's you know, he's well liked. Everyone likes the guy, but it's. It's hard to watch him play. I mean, it, it feels like he's not even close. What's what's going on there from your vantage point?
2: Everyone likes him. I, I can tell you, I've spent a lot of time with Ricky over the years. He is the absolute nicest, most genuine dude there is on the PGA Tour. Every single player out there has to be rooting for Ricky Fowler. I know a lot of the fans give him some of the backlash, like, oh, he's, you know, he's too overpromoted. And he's on every commercial. There's a reason why, because people gravitate toward him. People like him, and people like him because... He spends an hour and a half after his round when he shoots 76 signing autographs for kids. I mean, he really is just that good of a guy. This is not the end. It's not even the beginning of the end for Ricky Fowler. I firmly believe that he's going to find something. Maybe it's just right now dealing with, you know, he's got a young baby at home and a young family. And he's trying to kind of figure out time management and things like that and trying to find his swing. I think it's going to happen for him, though. I don't know if it's going to happen this year. I'm not going to bet him this week or anything like that. But long term, I think if you and I have this conversation three or four years from now, it's not whatever happened to Ricky Fowler. It's, oh, wow, Ricky Fowler came back and he's a good BJ Tour player again.
0: I mentioned something a while back on the podcast. You know, he just doesn't hit it far enough. Someone forwarded me the driving distances. He It's not. He's actually hitting it pretty far. Yeah. He was in like the top 20. I mean, you'd know better than me, but what did he, didn't he hang his hat on being the bet, one of the best putters in the world? And now that's clearly not the case anymore.
2: Spoke with Joe Scover and his caddy. This was at the WM Phoenix Open, what, two, three months ago. So take it for what it's worth now in retrospect. But he said, look, everyone's talking about his swing, everyone's talking about his driving stats, but it's the putter. He always used to save himself by making all the 10, 12, 14 footers. And now he's not making those. So at some point, those are going to stop, start falling again for Ricky Fowler. And all of a sudden, we're going to see him pop up on some leaderboards. It, it's going to be a gradual thing. I don't think just one week out of nowhere, Ricky goes and wins a tournament. But he's going to start. It's all of a sudden, OK, fish top 30. That's nice. Then top 20. And all of a sudden, top 10. He got on the leaderboard. Now he's seriously contending. And it, it might not be a month from now. It might be a year from now. But at some point. Ricky's going to go out there and win again. We're going to say, wow, all is right. Ricky Fowler's world again. And like I said, a lot of people rooting for him because he is, uh, like I said, one of the most genuine players out there.
0: Well, Sobel, uh, have a good rest of the week. Play some golf. We'll work on those. You know, we're not all Corey Connors from 190 yards. We yeah. need to work on those shots, right?
2: No, I, I am very far from Corey Connors from,
0: <laughs> from any guardians, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> Same. Th- thanks, bro. I'll talk to you soon. You got it. Thanks, dude. Made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere.
0: Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. Okay, let's get to a little Go Low Pod mailbag. The Instagram is at Go Low Pod. Instagram's at Go Low Pod. DM's wide open. Will Zalatoris looks like a sleeper in a lot of tournaments he goes to. One of the best TD Green players on tour. Do you see him getting the putter going anytime soon? Also, have you seen the Tiger Doc on HBO Max? If so, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I have zero confidence in Will Zalatoris' putter. When I watch him, especially on short putts, I, I feel anxiety. It makes me nervous. I, I don't understand why people can't just putt normally. Like, just have a normal grip. Tiger did. Just putt normally. I I don't understand the claw uh, or whatever the hell that's considered with the Wolves Altaurus, but it, it makes me uncomfortable. Now, he's not a terrible putter from like 10 to 20 feet, but short putts, when you hit it that good, you're going to have a lot of them. He's just terrible. The I, I watched the doc probably a year and a half ago, whenever it came out. Uh, listen, I, I, I Tiger's upbringing was not easy. I mean, he I, I know it created what Tiger is, but that's that was tough, man. I mean, it's it's not for everybody. You know, most guys that are raised like that crumble. And uh, obviously, his Earl had some flaws, but. Yeah, I mean, I I I I remember watching that documentary and feeling some understanding of how difficult it is to be Tiger Woods. It's just not easy. I actually felt sympathy is probably the wrong word, but more understanding is probably a better thing. Just wondering when you are going to change the opening commercial. Still talks about March Madness. People are fired up about this March Madness thing. Just go gamble. Fanduel promo code Colin. The podcast is excellent. It's helping me learn and be a better, more knowledgeable fan. Thank you. Keep up the great work. I regularly tell my people about the podcast at the barbershop. You know, what's funny is I haven't been to a barbershop in a long, long time. What goes on in the barbershop nowadays? What do you guys talk about? Sports still? Uh, I, I mean, honestly, I haven't been to a barbershop in 15 years. Kind of sad. Joe Beal has a decent write-up in Golf Digest about the Saudi Live League and the breakdown of the situation for players, money, and the PGA. A solid read. You can't really discuss it on your podcast, but I think the new league delves deeper into socio-political alignments that Saudi Arabia has, China, India, and Russia being some of the prominent entities. Those uh, economies have fans too. And it's not surprising at all that Saudi Arabia is willing to back a league rivaling the PGA. Just as, in a similar fashion, they will sell oil to India and China, while also maintaining a position of neutrality throughout the Ukraine saga. The ongoing struggle over there, and among TP, TB, is just as much about Western financial influence versus production, Eastern resources. Love the pod and everything you are doing to help busy, casual fans like myself, who can't decompose in front of a TV and maintain awareness? of what's going on in the NFL, NBA, and PGA Tour. That's deep. I need. I might need to read that article. Uh, hey, John, statement for the pod, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it. I'm so fed up with the sports media attacking guys, especially Phil, for going to the Saudi Tour, it's the hypocrisy that bothers me the most. This is what same sports media, who doesn't have a word to say about the NBA or the Olympics making hay in China, who is arguably way worse than Saudi. The NBA and the sports media practically ran Daryl Morey out of the league for speaking out when China invaded Hong Kong. Suddenly, the sports media executives and athletes have found their virtue. I don't see anyone canceling their trips to the HSBC or the Dubai world. Love to hear your thoughts. Uh, There was an ESPN article on the Nets owner, uh, Joe Tsai, it was an eye opener. I mean, you talk about a fraud. This guy is a part of some of the scummiest business practices in China. He owns the Nets and he's one of the most outspoken political people in America. So he tells us how to live. Yet, if you look how he makes his money, now that's separate. He, he's a businessman, but he was the guy that went after Daryl Morey, you know, because this China kind of owns that guy. Uh, it, you got to just read the article. Just type in Joe Sai. ESPN article a couple weeks ago, not one NBA reporter, not one retweeted it. I remember reading it and just thinking like, gee, this is insane. Uh, In fairness to the golf media, they have nothing to do with the NBA in China. That's an NBA media that, you know, is very insulated. They've kind of lost their way. Uh, They've become too close to the situation. It's bizarre. I, I can't put... The, I, I can't blame the Eamon Lynches and those type guys for not talking shit about China. You know, I, I bet half of them don't even watch the NBA. But I'm with you. I mean, the sports media, this is the problem when you virtue, virtue, virtue signal and just get on your moral high horse. You're you're usually going to tend to be a hypocrite. That's why I just don't get on my moral high horse. Now, it doesn't mean like you you can be anti the atrocities that go on and just be like, yeah, you know, it's understandable. Like ultimately, if Bubba Watson goes to the live, he's not pro human atrocities, right? Just like in fairness to the NBA guys, they're not pro atrocities that are going on in China, but they do like their money. It's why you should probably just keep your mouth shut about politics because you are a fraud if you're expect if you're ex, uh, accepting big cash from places that do terrible things, which clearly these places do. Terrible things. But, I also understand accepting money from these places. To, you know, like where these guys are coming from. Because they go, well, I'm not a part of this. I mean, it's just a business entity. Who knows where a lot of our money comes from? Let's let's be real. You know, I'm not trying to justify these guys. I wouldn't do it. If I was on the PGA Tour and having success, I would not leave to go to Live Golf. I, I, I'm pretty confident on that one. But, I'm not going to just utterly destroy Bubba Watson, Harold Varner, Sergio, whoever, for wanting to go. Just like, honestly, I have no problem with the NBA guys doing business in China. Just don't tell me I'm a shithole person living my life in America. Like, you don't get to do that, or else we think you're completely full of shit. Which a lot of people do, because they were so outspoken politically. It's like, guys, you you don't get to talk anymore once you start taking all China's money, which clearly the NBA does. Which in fairness to the golf guys, besides like Phil and Norman, most of them kept their mouth shut because you can't, anything you say, we're going to think you're a complete fraud. Just be quiet. Ultimately, the thing that we like most is just keeping your mouth shut and just letting us criticize you, not necessarily me, but just in general. Right. The moment you open your mouth and try to justify it, you get yourself even deeper in the situation. Right. If I, let's say I had my podcast did huge numbers in Saudi Arabia, and some huge company in Saudi Arabia gave me $5 million a year for GoLo Podcast. That's it. To be pro Saudi Arabia. They're like, hey, John, we're going to give you $5 million a year for your once a week GoLo Pod just to be the, you know, the uh, headline sponsor what would I say? You'd be like, well, John, take a stance. Take a fucking stance, John. Or would I take the money? Let's be real. I'd probably take the money. Does that mean I'm pro the atrocities that go the people getting cut in bone saws? No. Now, if I was worth 200 million, I'd probably say no to their 5 million. But right now, my financial situation, how can I turn that down? (laughs) I'd be a fraud if I got on my moral high horse and told you how to live, though. That's why I don't. Live however you want to live. Great part about America. I'm headed to the Wells Fargo Championship in a couple weeks. Any go low merch I can wear to help promote the pod? That's coming, brother. That is coming. Anyone that works for some big golf brands, if you listen to this, holler at me. My email: jmiddle75 at gmail. Let's do some business. Let's let's link up. Let's let's take this thing to the moon, baby. Um, other than that, see that's a. Saudi, the Saudi live league always gets a little deep. It, it really does because it strikes a chord, you know. Politically, people get outspoken. People people get worked up over that stuff on both sides. But I I, I do think in general the media can often be very disingenuous about stuff, and it's just kind of their role, and it's why they wear a lot of people out. Like you, you can be critical of Phil Mickelson's comments, but I, I have a hard time crushing any of the older players for going. Why wouldn't Lee Westwood go to the live golf league? He can barely hang on the PJ. Like he's not going to win anymore on the PJ tour. It like gets over Sergio. You could argue like he doesn't need to go Bubba same, but it's, it's always easy to tell someone it's why I, two things I never do. You make your money, how you make your money, you sleep with and date and marry whoever you want to marry. I, I don't like I, I may, I, I may internally judge those things, but ultimately I'm not telling you like that. That's you. That's a you issue. That's your problem. Whoever you want to sleep with, whoever you want to get in bed with professionally, once you hit a certain age, which to me is like probably 30, because even in your 20s, you're kind of an idiot. But once you get over 30, like people that try to like force people to get relationships or whatever in their 40s and 50s, like these people are grown. Let You know, let them make their decisions, you know, but I'm not going to get off too far on a rant on that one. Appreciate the pod. I appreciate you listening to the pod. and. uh Talk to you next week, PJ Championship.